Hey, it's me, Ben, uh, from the podcast Bunta Vista. Uh, what you're about to hear is last week's bonus episode. Um, this isn't in lieu of getting a free episode this week. This is in addition to. Um, we just uh, we thought it was a, a, a pretty good episode, or a particularly fun episode maybe. Um, and also I, I think it introduces some crucial um, Bunta Vista lore that might make things confusing going forwards without it. Um, so this is just a little freebie, just for you. Um, I hope you're doing well. If you like having two episodes in one week, consider subscribing to the podcast. But if you don't want to, don't. Have a good one. Welcome to this bonus episode of Bunta Vista, a free weekly comedy current events podcast which takes a skewed look at uninteresting news of the week from around the world, but almost always America, and tries to make it interesting using our unique blend of comedy, curiosity, and a strong moral point of view that bends towards left-wing politics without getting bogged down in anything like theory or consistency. I am Ben, a Brisbane-based events coordinator, bartender, and podcast producer with a background in digital journalism. I'm sort of the relaxed guy of the podcast. I like smoking weed and going outside, and I provide license for the show to make the occasional homophobic joke because of my bisexuality. With me is Theo, a Brisbane-based power systems engineer with a background in a different kind of computer-based stuff. Not only is Theo the smart guy of the podcast, who actually knows about stuff and how stuff works... He also provides a strong moral core to the show, always thinking about the social causes and impacts of the things we discuss at least one step further than the rest of us, stopping us all from sounding like assholes. Hey, Theo. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, great. How cool is it being on an informative but also funny podcast? Um, I, it's actually a joy to rock up to this, and not only because we're, um, we just have fun with it and sort of we just let our, um, our gut for, for what is uh, interesting and fun take us uh, instead of and sorry i'm the guy that says r a lot as well mm. and um but apart from that it also means i get to hang out with my with my good friends and and you and i ben i mean we started off as friends before this podcast as well which is an, i think an, also an important element to the uh to the the fabric that we're weaving here yeah and i think people this sort of our relationship is maybe a crucial part of the show and people would maybe even ship us if they could consider you as a sexual human being yeah but they can't <laughs> Which is not uh, your appeal. No, I'm like a completely smooth and polished uh, ball of concrete. Uh, which is one of my favourite things about you. It makes you easier <laughs> to pick up because <laughs> your weight's very evenly distributed. <laughs> also with us is Lucy, a Hobart-based marketing professional who writes content by day and, if you can believe it, owns noobs by night on her PlayStation <laughs> 5 gaming console. Always keeping abreast of the latest trends and memes, Lucy ties us to the contemporary with her trademark wit and her up-to-date understanding of popular humour. Hey, Lucy. Hi, Ben. Why was mine mean? What do you what mean, mine mean? mean? What, what, what have I part? said that's wrong? I didn't say it was wrong. Yeah. I didn't say anything <laughs> that was wrong. I feel like none of that was, you know, 
I didn't say none of it was accurate. I think everything that I am saying in this introduction is entirely correct, but I'm it's saying it in a way that actually correct. makes it sound very bad. Yeah, it's impressive. I appreciate this. I, oh, feel, I feel seen. You are seen, uh, mostly because we, we also do a video chat on this so that we stop yeah. talking over the top of each other as much. <laughs> but you can't see that. Yeah, no. Um, probably this is, uh, we should introduce now, this is an audio medium. Yes. Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with the concept podcast, you're not getting video right now. <laughs> so hopefully that clears it up for you. And also with us, lastly but certainly not least, it's Andrew. Andrew is a Canberra-based... Oh, no! Andrew's also the Grunter. The Grunter is a nasty, <laughs> fucked-up guy who only roots and shits. In the Grunter's nasty little brain, there's only two neurons, one for rooting and one for shitting. If you see the Grunter and he's not rooting or shitting, you've not seen the Grunter at all. You'll know if you've seen the Grunter, because he's either rooting or shitting, and he looks way more fucked up than any other kind of guy you've ever seen, and he fucking reeks so bad. He's so oily. Being oily doesn't help him root or shit, but it must be pretty important to him, because he makes sure he's always the nastiest, oiliest guy around. Fuck! I hate the Grunter! I wish he'd stop rooting and shitting! Hey, Andrew. There he is. Everyone hates the grunter. Uh, if you meet the grunter on the road, kill him. It's on you site. See the it's on site for me. Speed up. <laughs> if you're in America and you drive one of those child killer five thousands, your time has finally come. Keep it was grunting. Worth it. I'm reloading. You won't see him because he is roughly two feet tall. <laughs> He's in the bushes and he's shitting or rooting. Yeah. And you can hear it, but you don't know where it's coming from. He's in permanent upskirt mode and he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, K- that's killing right. me would be doing a service to the community. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how they tell you that you there are certain invasive species that you should kill on site, but they yeah. tell you to do it painlessly. With the grunter, they want you to do it as painfully as possible. <laughs> Please Fuck the grunter this man. up. Do it as a warning to any any other hypothetical grunters. He would love it if you killed, killed him as well. Like the mm. whole time that he's dying painfully, it'd be like, oh, I'm be doing so like glad you're killing moans. me. Sexual moans. Awful. He also has a nasty cough. All <laughs> he's the always, time. always got like a weird <laughs> cough. Oh, I'm the grunter. Oh, I just vomited. Oh, I love it. Do I have to keep this Grunter mascot outfit on for the entire recording of the episode? Oh, you that's do. an outfit? Oh. <laughs> oh, there's oh. our Lucy. <laughs> Look, you know, it's it's representative. Obviously, uh, like, if I was as oily as the real Grunter, my furniture would be ruined. Uh, it would be all no. over the walls of my house. Mm. I would mm-hmm. be getting run down by people on site. <laughs> but as it is, you know, I can, can take this off the- before I go out. If the grunt is around, you'll notice because there'll be a whole bunch of cars swerving all over the road because everyone's trying to hit the grunter. (laughs) What's that car doing up on the shoulder at 80 kilometers an hour? Uh, Got a little glimpse of the grunter disappearing into the bushes. (laughs) Throwing up while he's getting away. Did it again. You'll never stop me from rooting or shitting on the grunter. Getting out of yet another ticket for reckless driving by claiming that I'd just seen the grunter on the edge of the highway. I'm not entirely certain, but I have a really strong gut feeling that the Grunter is from Newcastle. Huh. For yeah. sure. It's got that vibe. It's yeah, something I believe. Oh, I'm from Newey. It's actually up and coming. If he wasn't from Newcastle, it's uh, certainly spent a lot of time there due to the uh, free and easy access to bulk amounts of grease. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting into Newcastle port. He's lathering himself up. Uh, th- 
At the exact geographic center of Newcastle, at the intersection of two ley lines, there is this slimy uh, little hole in the ground, and no matter how much dirt you put into it, it never fills all the way up. Uh, and a lot of people suspect that that is where the grunter emerged from, but nobody in the town yeah. will actually talk to you about it if you ask. No. no. I mean, there's, you say suspect. It, when he goes to sleep, which is uh, 19 hours a day, his nasty little <laughs> ass pokes out the top, and it goes honk, shoo, honk, shoo. <laughs> but that noise is coming out of his ass. <laughs> That's right, because there are still noises coming out of his mouth while he's asleep, and it's, <coughs> I'm the fucking grunter. <laughs> Yeah, scientists don't know where the grunter came from or what he is. It's hard to tell whether or not he's part of nature. (laughs) It's time for Nature Corner. This is a story coming to us from stuff.co.nz, which I believe is the only website in beautiful Aotearoa, New Zealand. Mm. Lions, tigers, and chimpanzees first in the firing line in a mass zoo escape. (sighs) Finally. Why wasn't this on the news? (laughs) Well, because it's not... Nothing has happened. This is just... If there's a mass zoo escape. Oh, if there's oh, one. Oh, yeah. this is a policy document. That's kind of a policy document, I guess. <laughs> a policy <laughs> announcement? I'm just picturing a kind of, a kind of guy who, uh, who has now just sort of changed his life around, you know, applying for a gun license and buying a rifle and going to the range and practicing every day and, like, buying a house that's weirdly close to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of having having a lot of like Google news alerts set up, just in case. Just ready. Might be his chance. All times. Lions, tigers, and chimpanzees would be the first to be killed if a natural disaster was ever to cause a mass escape. Zoos across Aotearoa have revealed. <laughs> Dr. Baird Fleming, director of Hamilton Zoo, said such an escape would be a quote exceptionally unlikely scenario. Usually, in a situation where animals were nervous or scared, they would stay within the area that felt like home. However, the zoo's animal containment team would assess the risks to humans in real time and the safety of humans would be prioritised, especially with dangerous animals, Fleming said. The entire animal containment team wears those hats, whether it's like the flat brim on one side but pinned up on the other side. Yeah, every single one of them is Muldoon from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There are two Category 1 animals at the zoo, which were defined (laughs) as able to cause (laughs) human fatalities and might need to be shot. Oh, that's so good that that's their system. We got category two category one. ones on our hands. Category one on the loose, boys. <laughs> better put our apers on schedule X. Let me tell you, there's no category zero. It's as bad as it gets. <laughs> well, I haven't met the grunter. <laughs> that's true. He is category New zero. New Zealand is, is actually, they, they have no native population of grunters. And through rigorous border control, they have complete eradication of the grunter. <laughs> <laughs> At Hamilton Zoo, the Category 1 only includes two species, chimpanzees and Sumatran tigers. <laughs> That's wild. That's I love so that the good. chimpanzee is like the most dangerous they're animal. They're not even the biggest one. No. no. no but they're, they're the ones, the ones the... that will tear parts of you off and eat them. Yeah, though, they're know. the ones with the intelligence to know that we've been making fun of them from the outside <laughs> of the yeah. head for fucking 20 years. And they, they have this sense of self to take it personally. 
Don't I just say sense of self? Yeah, yeah that's close mm. enough. Run the tape back. <laughs> They've clocked how attached we are to our faces and also how our faces are attached. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I think... Uh, I think Chimps, compared to other animals at the zoo, know that, like, if they're swinging a rock at you, that they should go for, like, the part up the top. Yeah. 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 I think they know that you're going for the head. They know and about they like the that. damage bonuses on the human body. Yeah. <laughs> tigers don't. <laughs> they know about headshots. <laughs> Although I feel like tigers, uh, tigers, by contrast, don't really need to be aiming anywhere in particular to really do you a mischief, mm. you know? Yeah. They can just sort of go for wherever they want, really, and they'll probably end up fucking you up. They'll get swatted by one of those bad boys. <laughs> you calling Tiger 911? <laughs> well, I meant SWAT like you, you would SWAT a fly. Oh, you know? oh swatting. Right. However, okay. however, um, Lucy, I don't know if, uh, as, as the resident gamer of the show, I don't know if yeah. you had seen any of the news about like uh, Steam having different kinds of games, uh, like... Uh, first-person shooters and stuff that developers make and put up and and sometimes they will be controversial and get pulled and you know like someone will make a you're a school shooter video game yeah and there's been a recent one that's been uh that lots of people are into that is like a you're you're in a SWAT team kind of thing right and they're like oh, oh it's got it's got really really realistic AI on all the the people the hostage takers and everything and then there's lots of people who are like how much do you really want to play a video game where you're a Dude in a SWAT team breaching yeah. a thing and accidentally killing civilians. But what if they made a game where you were a containment team? Uh, a at category a zoo, one animals. And you got the call. We got a category one, we got a category two. You'd be like, oh shit, that means a chimpanzee or a tiger or maybe a lion. Get your loadout ready. Yeah, yeah, and you get to just kind of. Get your loadout. What are you going to shoot that bad boy with? The blunderbuss? I guess my question is would you play that game? Yes, 100%. 100%. Would you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. If it was like, uh, you know, Jumanji for adults. Is yeah. there skill-based matchmaking for this? <laughs> is, it, is, it like, uh, is it like one of those asynchronous multiplayer things where some people get to be the chimps? Yeah, and some people dog, get to be the containment yeah. team, you know? Yeah, it's like Alien fun. versus Predator, but <laughs> it's chimpanzee versus Zookeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You would have like uh, you would have most of the people in the lobby would just be like regular unarmed zookeepers, yeah. Uh, and then you would have uh, a smaller class of like containment team people who were actually armed. And then you would have like several chimps and one tiger on the other team. Mm. I think that actually that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Well, and the yeah, chimps could great. like the the tiger would be like you know the the tank, and the the chimps would be able to go vertical as well. That's the thing. Like the alien in Alien vs. Predator. Exactly, exactly. Do an arcade game. Do a big buck hunter. Pick yeah. up your gun. Just waves of chimps coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you're good at computers, pretty unlikely, I know, uh, please consider reskinning the original Alien vs. Predator to be a zookeeper versus normals versus uh, category one animals <laughs> game, please, and we will pay you. We will pay you some amount of money that will be discussed offline. I'd actually, I, I dispute that last point, Ben. I would like to say if you are good at computers and you would like to reskin that game and put it out, uh, that's great. If the game makes any money, copyright 2022 Punta Vista, that idea. We'll see you. We'll absolutely yeah, we will see you. sue you to fucking shit and back. We Pow. will not be giving you any resources <laughs> to make the game. But 
the instant it turns a profit, we will be seeing you in court. That's our promise to you, our listeners. A 60-40 split of the proceeds, 60% of the money and 40% of the money. We're taking it all, baby. (laughs) Fleming said all the structures at the zoo, along with staff training procedures and plans, were designed to prioritise animal well-being and human safety. Carmo Wildlife Sanctuary is home to two tigers, a leopard and 13 lions. If any were to escape or if someone got into their enclosure and there was a direct threat to human life, the cats would have to be destroyed as per legislation, facility operator Jeanette Valance said. Instantly and all? Yeah, destroyed. like blanket statement? Yeah, they all have like a bomb that's sort of buried at the base of their skull and Uh someone has to press the category one annihilation button. Mm. That's a terrible day for kids at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) The day the the heads exploded. Well, you can just do it so it just destroys the brain stem. And you'd be like, oh, they're all sleeping. They all got sleepy sleeping at the same time. Oh, they're just cuddling each other. They're just having a cuddle. They must have been so tuckered out at 8.47 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> that, that statement kind of suggests that if, uh, if one person got into an enclosure, uh, yeah. that they would just they walk around to all, all the enclosures and kill Shoot all them. the cats. Yeah, one of the zookeepers who's far too enthusiastic about it puts on some Ray-Bans and he's like, I'll do it. I'll go. <laughs> I would like to advocate for changing that legislation. Um, I think that if the tigers or the lions escape and they're running into a crowd or whatever, then then yes, I think you have to you have to try and put that category one animal down. However, I think that if you jump into the enclosure, I think that they should shoot you immediately. Okay, yeah, that's then, easier leave the than shooting be. thirteen cats. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. I think once you once you hop over that fence and jump in there, I think you've kind of you've put in the big forfeit ticket. You know, yeah. you've mm. you've you've signed the waiver. You jump in there, and I think really they should be trying to do you the favor of not being eaten by several tigers while you're still alive. And then that's the end of it. I might take a compromise position here. Like, I think we, in the case that someone jumps in the enclosure, we leave it up to the keeper of that animal's discretion. Ooh. Which one gets shot? So they can be like, they can assess the situation and be like, oh, it's a child that fell in there, or... Yeah. That person is clearly mentally unstable or whatever. Or if they're like, oh, that guy looks like a dipshit. Mm. Bam. Mm. Gone. That guy uh, That guy tailgated me all the way to work today. <laughs> and he's <laughs> honking at me the whole time. He's wearing a bintang singlet. It's funny how this world works. <laughs> well, well, Each well. enclosure had a four meter high fence with one meter inlay, which ran into the enclosure, she said. Uh, all had electric wires, either powered by solar power or electricity, and a backup generator. It's better than Jurassic Park so far. <laughs> Each also had a secondary enclosure fence designed to keep both people out and the cats in. And the ground also had a full-height perimeter fence. Lance thought the only thing that could bring down all the fencing was a large earthquake, and Northland was at low risk for those. Quote, a number of the big cats, including the pride of three lions, are trained in emergency recall where they will return to their den at a certain sound. Ooh. That sound is, of course, the sweet sound of Steely Dan's dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though. Like, it's it's easy to say that that's what they'll do. Yeah. You know? But but when there's, you know, when there's like a, a, a school excursion's worth of kids running around in front of them, do you think yeah. they're really going to come back for... for for the beautiful voice of Donald Fagan. Very, very tasty looking family of Austrians right in front of them. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, quote, most of the big cats are very food orientated and it yeah. is possible they wouldn't even leave their enclosure because it's where they feel safe. Yeah, the food's outside as well. 
it's yeah in little in little packages actually yeah. it's sort of sort of wrapped up it's kind of gamified little, uh, yeah. you get to play with it <laughs> the most dangerous animal at the wildlife sanctuary was the black leopard mandler Valance said because of his speed yeah that's so dope that's that rules it's just um you know like i was saying to uh to wife of the show my wife elna recently we were we were watching something and you know there's like wolves and bears running around the states it was a, a nature thing or whatever i was saying like um Americans just all have this perception of Australia as like, that's the place with all the dangerous stuff because there's spiders and some snakes and shit like that. Yeah. But like, you guys are the ones with like all of the types of animals yeah. that you cannot hope to run away from. All the shit that's going to one hit kill you in Red Dead Redemption. We don't have any yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. You, guys have, you guys have mountain lions. You got, you got pumas. You got fucking you got, wolves. You got yeah. bears. You got bears that you can like empty a handgun into and won't stop running towards you. I don't you know? think we have a single a single animal in Australia that will hunt you for sport and lengthen the process just for fun. Yeah. Like a like a pack of wolves sort of uh, whittling you down intellectually and then physically. Um, <laughs> I think there's no land-based predators in Australia that you couldn't king hit. Yeah. Except it, for maybe feral pigs. A really big kangaroo. Yeah, yeah I, I was I was gonna say, uh, but but even like with with really big kangaroos, you have to go and get in their face for them to be yeah. like, oh, we're doing this, are we? You know, they don't yeah. they don't kind of wander <laughs> over. Um, but yeah, but uh, I I agree, Ben. The only thing that came to mind for me of like you could you could shoot this thing with small arms and it would keep trying to kill you would be big feral pig. I think yeah. one of my least mm. favorite things in life would be to be stalked. In some sort yeah. of deadliest game. Mm. Yeah, I would hate that. What if I it was in an, in an adoring kind of way, though? Don't, no, don't do that What if that it was either. just a big fan? <laughs> and what if it's because they loved you? Yeah, and yeah. they yeah. and simultaneously they do want to eat me. Yeah. Which is which probably uh, I wouldn't put past some members of the community. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, the sanctuary would not be able to use tranquilizers on our cats in an emergency as they have to be dispensed by a vet and take too long to work. Like you have to go into the the vet's office, and be like, "No, I I kind of need these right now because yeah. he's he's chewing on a Malaysian father of five. Have you used these before? Hmm. Sure have these? To Can I have some ideas on a, on a full stomach? Now I'm just gonna write down just a few reminders. <laughs> well, it seems like maybe you could just have like a, or maybe they go off. Maybe you can't just have them ready to go. I don't know. Maybe. Well, if if they do, if if they are, if they have just gone off, um, and you work at the zoo, I think you should get to take them home. That's true. That's mm. one of the perks mm-hmm. of the job. Yep. Oh, yeah, that, that's... That, yeah, I'll throw those out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll throw all <laughs> yeah. those out. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I've got Just your take, disposal unit me. right here. Leave <laughs> with me. Auckland Zoo director Kevin Bewley agreed a mass escape was incredibly unlikely, but you should never say never. Quote, we've seen over in Ukraine at the moment animals having to be relocated <laughs> to other countries as zoo is now, zoos are now in the middle of war zones. I cannot imagine a scenario here where we would have a mass escape. <laughs> But if we did, it would most likely be due to a volcano, earthquake, or tsunami. They wouldn't um, be my top. I'm thinking something a bit more simple, you know, like a flood. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 2022. We're <laughs> doing are battlefields. <laughs> I, I, I do think that maybe, maybe Ukraine has missed out on an opportunity to weaponize their Category 1s. Mm. You know, instead of uh, carting them off to other countries, perhaps... Perhaps you should the uh, talk to point them in the other direction Zelensky. you're saying. Yeah. 
point lion away from you and release. (laughs) (laughs) Bewley said the zoo did have a plan if anything like that happened, and there was an emergency response team. Some animals, if they escaped, would be considered a, quote, red response, Bewley said. These animals, including the zoo's top carnivores, lions and tigers, would have to be killed. Quote, we work with the armed defenders squad on how to safely deploy firearms. The general approach is safety first and preserve human life. We can't use tranquilizers on these red response animals as they don't work immediately to stop the threat. The zoo also practiced what would happen if a person somehow fell into an enclosure or purposefully got inside. Lions and tigers are the only animals that would have to be killed in such an event, Bewley said, as all other species had the potential to be returned to their habitats safely. Orana Wildlife Park in Christchurch was also contacted for comment, but declined to talk about its emergency procedures. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> what are they hiding? Yeah. They just However, hung up the phone and went, we're meant to have emergency procedures? <laughs> no, they hang up the phone. Like, they, they know about Protocol X. Let's <laughs> 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 However, in 2013, it was reported Orana Park had a containment manual for each of the 70-plus species in its care. Can I list some of the 70-plus species in its care? I've only got a list of... Yeah. Six here, but just to give you... Please. Yeah. So they have a specific manual for each of these uh, that describes the risk profile of that animal and how best to recapture them. Oh, we got gorillas. You're not so, recapturing one of them. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's guys. Give up. Yeah. Give up. He's procuring an open-topped vehicle and he's driving the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Rhinoceros? Same nah, deal, I reckon. I'm fine. I, I, he's I free now. You've got to wait for him to go to sleep, basically. <laughs> yeah, you can't wait for him to get tired. Throw, throw a blanket over him, and <laughs> you got giraffes, which I reckon maybe if you just sort of threw down an oil slick, you could probably get them. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah. Lassie, uh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, maybe you could have a chance of like getting some roller skates onto it, <laughs> pushing it back. <laughs> maybe if they always have roller skates on them; they could never escape. Yeah, or they get really good at it, and then you're <laughs> fucked. I think all you need is uh, all the walkways around the enclosure. Just put roofs on them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just I think close the door. To, compared, <laughs> compared to all the other species of animals, though, this is the one so far that I think would be most susceptible to several people standing in front of it with their arms stretched out wide. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, uh. Do the Chris Pratt. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, otters. Okay. They're kind First of, of all, the, the thing you got to know about them, the, the yeah, of the is that they're, they're slippery they're fuckers. They're foul bug beasts. Yeah. I think you have to shoot them. Those are the ones where you're not going to be able to get them back. Yeah, yeah, just on a moral level. They're slipping out of your hands. <laughs> Spreading their sin into the world. Uh, we've also got meerkats. Uh, as we've covered previously on the show, uh, the meerkat is extremely susceptible to being hammer thrown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. End over end. So uh, really, finally, you can just dash around, pick them up, and hurl them back towards the enclosure. I think. Oh, you can hurl yeah. them anywhere. The, the force to get them. They're unbelievably hurlable. <laughs> uh, the final example of the seventy-plus species for uh, all of which they have a containment manual that I have here is trout. Mm. <laughs> How are you going to catch them? They just give them a little tickle. How are they getting out? <laughs> You lost your trout. Do you need those trout? Oh, fuck the trout. Have gone I think out. you could live without the trout. <laughs> They've probably flapped halfway to whichever island of New Zealand we're not on at the moment. I'm not going to the zoo to see trout, you know? 
I feel like the oh, only circumstance it. that they're getting out is the one you raised before, Lucy, which was if there's a flood. And if there was a flood that carried your trout away, you're I do not like your chances of retrieving Getting those trout back. You're gone. Say goodbye to your trout. They are no longer <laughs> your trout. They're the world's <laughs> trout now. Catching trout from a nearby lake, picking each one up and looking at it really carefully. <laughs> I don't think that's you? him. I don't uh, think This isn't him. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on. You've got the manuals there for them, but we've just been riffing. What did the manuals say? Oh, no, they, they just said that the manuals exist. They're oh, keeping them private. Really. They wouldn't they reveal their manuals. Yeah. Just well, the problem is, if you, just, like, if you open source it and it gets out onto the internet and then someone shows it to the trout, yeah. then or, like, what's or, the, or the Soviets, and they yeah. catch up in <laughs> <laughs> trout containment technology. <laughs> Ten years want- worth of work down the drain. You don't want any gorillas or chimps finding out what the plan is to recapture them or anything beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) You're just just at their enclosure yelling from a bootleg copy of the containment (laughs) manual. They're going to shoot you with a 30-06. Learn to dodge bullets or become bulletproof. (laughs) When a kid falls into the enclosure, immediately grab him and hold him in front of your face. Can we just take a step back here about this story in its entirety? So there's no there's no timeliness element to it. It's not linked to any, like... That, so that this might be because some people deliberately released some wolves at a Canadian zoo last week or the week before, but it's not mentioned in the story. So they've not been like, in light of the blah, 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 we spoke to these zoos because of blah, blah, blah. It's just like, hey, by the way, in case you didn't know, they're yeah. going to shoot the chimps if the chimps yeah, get out. Yeah, some journalist has just been like, so what do you do if the chimps get out? <laughs> oh, uh, that's, we that's, them. That was my, my thought throughout the reading of that, Ben, was I wonder how this guy pitched this story to his editor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was I assumed that he went in and went, don't you kind of want to know what would happen if all the animals got out of the zoo at once? Editors like yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very curious about a Jurassic Park scenario. Which one dies happening first? at like Christchurch Zoo? Who chooses who's a category one? You know, going into the meeting and being like, all right, so category one, obviously, it's lions, uh, tigers, uh, geese, <laughs> trout. <laughs> the containment team leader like calling a meeting where he's he's asking like way too enthusiastically which animal to kill first if anything goes wrong. You know, which order do you want me to kill him in? <laughs> He's walking into the room doing the Muldoon thing from Jurassic Park. Just yeah. going, they should all be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the trout specifically. <laughs> Everyone else, like, does this have to be a weekly meeting? Because I feel like we- <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes stand up every day. Which animals do we kill in the event of escape? We know. Do- doing a doing a weekly vote on rankings for which animal yeah, doing you want killed first in the case. MySpace top friends. Yeah. This trout are really fucking pissing me off this week. <laughs> All right, let's go to action items from the previous meeting. I see f- minigun funding still hasn't been addressed. <laughs> yeah, zookeepers oh. probably have interesting relationships with the animals that they look after. And when relationships get interesting, we turn to Dr. Lucy. If you find that you are having a little relationship trouble Just to pick up your telephone and dial it on the double You call 1-800-317-5155 Now you're paging Dr. Lucy 
Just slam dunking those segues today, man. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. Mm. Yeah, it's bloody Mr. Know. Segway over here. This comes from uh, Lucy's favorite place to read anything on the internet, the subreddit r slash poly. I'm curious to hear from other people who have blended poly and cuckolding. <laughs> That's wonderful. And just before we get into this story, I just really want to clarify that I'm not putting these in here to be mean to poly people. I think mm. that this is genuinely a very interesting conundrum that this person has come across. <laughs> Great cover. That's that's perfect. Thank you. We're in the clear now. <coughs> My wife and I have been involved in cuckolding for several years, and it's been a slow evolution towards a more emotional and loving poly-type cuckold relationship. Hang on. You've been involved? Do you mean you've been doing? Yeah. yeah. Been, or are you part been... of the, the global cuckolding... Uh, this guy's been getting cucked for several years. Okay. Yeah. So Does like cuckolding like count as poly? The Church of Cuckolding. <laughs> what? Yeah. He's not yeah, like yeah, an I'm international not, I'm cuckolding poly. I'm not advocate. having lots of sex with people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Involved for cuckolding for several years. So. Uh, he's been, I think they're doing. They're doing live live cuckolding. action cuckolding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're cucking in the flesh. Yeah. Or at least his wife is. He's not because he's home alone and he's he hates it cuckold. so much yeah. thinking about how much she's Ugh. out there sucking. I wish fucking. I could pound my, my dirty little hog off about this, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> she won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning into the grunter. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cucked into the grunter mode. Some, some, people, some people go along and watch though, don't they? Yeah, they do. I don't know what yeah. their specific arrangement is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, you know, we'll get into it here. Uh, we started out with me there. Typical cuckold type situation. Thank you oh. for clarifying. Uh, later, it shifted to her having friends with benefits. She'd play solo, but it was mostly about sex. Eventually, she fell in love with one of those partners and we entered the poly world. Huh. You mean she did. <laughs> <laughs> she did. <laughs> Eventually, my wife fell in love with somebody else and kept having sex with them, and I was still hanging around. <laughs> uh, this person continues on. As we've spent COVID talking amongst ourselves, looking back at that relationship, it was the most fulfilling for both of us. She loved the person, of course, but also loved the freedom to feel what she felt and express it how she wanted. She and I felt incredibly close throughout. I loved supporting her, and I felt a huge amount of compersion for her. That is uh, their spelling. Excuse yeah, me? Com- no, compersion is a... It's, oh, it's a that's, poly that's thing. A, a poly-specific f- oh. word. Oh, feel Lucy? joy? Is it like you feel joy when your partner's happy? Yeah, which right? is a... You kind of don't it's need to... It's a nice to, concept, but you don't need to have them having sex with somebody else to feel that, right? Yeah, it's, it's an odd word to have coined... Because uh, they're using it specifically to describe the phenomenon of getting joy from them being in a new relationship, you know, and seeing the joy of them experiencing that or whatever. But also, like, you should just generally kind of be... Experiencing joy through your partner, experiencing joy for whatever yeah, anyway, reason. Anyway, by mm. default, yeah. Their happiness mm. kind of make you happy because that's that's like what an intimate relationship is. So, and look, this is a thing that we've kind of uh, all wondered about before when talking about <laughs> poly relationships. Uh, so, this is from mindbodygreen.com from Contributing Sex and Relationships Editor Kelly Gonzalez talking about um, what is compersion the polyamory practice for rethinking jealousy. And uh, she says that she and her her husband started off with a separation and seeing other people, but it turned into uh, going poly style. Uh, But she says, the word compersion is loosely defined as the opposite of jealousy. 
Instead of feeling upset or threatened when your partner romantically or sexually interacts with another person, you feel a sense of happiness for them. It does, it like, it's one of those ones where you go, like, you, like you're saying, Ben, did you need to make a whole new word for that? Or, or yeah. is it like trying to kind of force a concept on yourself? Yeah. No, I feel great about it. When my so wife falls good. in love with somebody else. But I to mean, be this fair, guy this guy's does. a cuckold, so he probably does. You yeah, know? yeah, he genuinely does. I feel like it does. makes sense. It makes sense to be poly and be into cucking. Yeah. Because you're enjoying yourself too. Yeah. You know? I get it. I get that. It's really the ideal state, now that you say that. Yeah. Uh, she and I both loved how close it made us. It's rare in relationships to be your partner's confidant while they fall in love. There is, of course, a downside to it too. When it's all sex and fun times, she's more open to sharing details or including me directly. Once she falls in love and has that emotional bond, she prefers intimacy and privacy. Yeah. I can, of full course, feel jealous because of this and because of the closeness, perceived risk and societal views around, uh, around love versus sex. So, so good. Because he wants to be jealous because he's a cuck. But jealous sexually. He doesn't want to be jealous emotionally. Romantically. That's yeah, where I draw the cuck old line, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, like, like uh, cuck holding, while obviously there are lots of emotional elements at play, it does generally seem like something that is confined to like sex act related stuff. Well, I'm I mean, being cuck holded now, and so on. Read the next part. I think I, in part, view this as a cuckold relationship versus a one-sided poly relationship, though, because that jealousy and that being excluded, etc., is a part of what makes it exciting for me. Additionally, for a variety of reasons, she and I don't have the sort of robust sex life that she does with other partners, and that difference has become a dynamic in our relationship. I'm posting this now as we have restarted post-COVID and my wife is seeing a new partner who she is getting more serious with, so we are talking about all of the psychology around this. I'm curious who else here incorporates this sort of play, how it feels for you, etc. Your wife's going to leave you, dude. <laughs> She's leaving. Maybe, She's yeah, there's definitely two ways to read this, which is that that relationship is falling by the wayside. Or they have just the perfect situation for everyone involved. Yeah. Where she has sex with other men. And he doesn't do anything. <laughs> you know, well, that's, there's nothing wrong with like. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> he might be like not particularly sexual a person or whatever, and that meets his needs. And then they still have their comfortable relationship at home. She gets to go out and suck and fuck, and possibly even fall in love with other people. And then he's at home being like, oh, "I hate it that my wife is out there sucking and fucking and falling in love." And then Does he's he like, say- "Oh." He's enjoying being emotionally cuckolded. Is that it, what I'm reading? Yeah, I think it so. It does seem like A whole it. new type of cuckolding. He's like, oh, I, I bet that they've got cute nicknames for each other and they, they've, like, fallen into the part of a relationship where you can comfortably <laughs> just sit around and watch TV and it's the best thing that happens to you. Oh, bet she oh, thinks oh, our oh, emotional oh. connection is so small. I bet she thinks it's oh. tiny. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the grunt. <laughs> I want to know. Uh, I want to know what their financial situation is. As in, if he's doing all the financial support. <laughs> I want to know if, like, this dude is, is like a rich tech guy. Oh my god, you're mm. a fucking cynic. You're wondering whether he is funding her life. Oh, and sorry, she's not just being like, positive what? about the emotional cucking relationship. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm only saying because there is a way to read it, which is the cynical way, which is my way, um, which is that, like, uh, her 
her closeness to him and uh, like the amount of time that she spends with him, how open she is with him, how much she talks to him and all of that sort of stuff seems to be directly proportional to whether or not she is currently fallen in love with someone who is not him and is spending all of her yeah. time with them. Yeah. And it's like, and when that's not happening, she's like, yeah, I'll come back and hang out, but we also don't fuck much anymore. But then she gets to fall in love with someone else and then I don't see her around much. <laughs> they probably get so much time to game, though. <laughs> oh, true. my God. Yeah. <laughs> He's out there playing Dota. Yeah. Two. He's lying. Know, what, He's what texting his wife days? being like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm jacking my dick off. It's yeah. so hot that you're having sex with other guys. And then he's picking up the PlayStation yeah, controller. I'd hate <laughs> if you guys fucked for like 12 more hours. <laughs> you guys should get into tantric sex because <laughs> I'm actually, I've got a really important raid coming up. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm at 98% in Hollow Knight. I know that last little bit <laughs> takes a... It sounds like uh, like I can't decide if this is the thing he did want to happen or the thing he didn't want to happen. You know, mm. sometimes yeah. it's really difficult to uh, to identify, but sometimes it's very easy to identify yeah. if something is the one thing you didn't want to happen. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. Nice, uh, it's right there in the sting. Nice little mm. headline on this one, Ben. Thank you. I tried my best. That's one of our private ones that we do not yeah. share with you, the listener. I'd love to read it aloud to you, but I simply can't. Nope. That's Ben's <laughs> business. This comes to us from WJXT News in Jacksonville, Florida. Wheel falls off school bus with students on board, and it wasn't the first time this week. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Video shows students on board a school bus in Jacksonville, Florida, watching as the wheel falls off and rolls beside them on a highway. <laughs> I'm, Is that I'm good? sure that this literal thing happens in The Simpsons or something, right? Like, <laughs> that they look out yeah. and they see their own wheel rolling alongside them and they go, that's not good. Mm. Aside from the footage itself, what might be even more shocking is that it isn't the first time it happened this week on this route to the same driver, even after the buses were swapped out. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's what's nice the twist. common element between these two things? <laughs> Is old Lucky Larry the bus driver. Because, I mean, it's very easy at this point to imagine that the, the wheel fell off the bus... And they said, we really got to get this bus fixed. And the school uh, opened their wallet and a big moth flew out uh, in a spiral kind of pattern. And then they said, uh, look, let's just pop that wheel back on there. Get you going again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, they said, instead, no, no, don't worry. We've got a different bus. We have a whole new bus. We've got two buses. We are, we're actually way ahead of this issue. And there's only one thing that could happen. <laughs> Thankfully, no one was injured, and staff at the Duval County School District and its bus contractor say they're working to make sure it doesn't happen again. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we've got someone kicking all of the tires at the bus yard right now as we speak. Going around one, two, three, four. Oh, this bus is fine. <laughs> How uh, many wheels does a bus have, by the way? More than, more than four, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're going where? Uh, I uh, look at least I think the saving grace here is probably the like the size of a bus 
and the spread of its like center of gravity and everything, you know. But if a wheel pops but off, it seems like I guess it just wouldn't fall over. Is that? And they they've got redundant tires like on them as well, so like they've got double double tires on them generally. Uh, whereas you know, wheel comes off your Tesla, and it will. You're fucked. It will. Uh, you're probably pretty fucked, you know. Uh, so you know they're working to make sure it doesn't happen again. But parents remain concerned for some reason. Mm-hmm. I have to say, the first, like, as a parent uh, with kids in school, I think the first time it happened, I'd feel concerned. Imagine the second time your kid comes home, it's like, wheel fell off the bus again. Like, <laughs> like, come on. Are you kidding me, school? Sorry, they would say, yo, mum, bus wheel low-key fell off. <laughs> <laughs> For real. It would. for real. For real, for real. For real, <laughs> No cap, they'd no say cap. to their parents. Buses. Loki mid. It was not buzzing. Oh. Well, uh, this, this, this fortuitously remained parent Gladys Wheelings told WJXT. Oh. <laughs> Come on. That her daughter is a freshman in the district and was on the bus during both incidents. <laughs> All right, so now I see another common element yep. between the two. Pretty suspicious. So Wheelings Junior is on the bus. Mm. Both these times? Off. Oh, she just happened okay. to be on the bus both times. Mm. Uh, quote, she asked me, does she have to take that bus? Can I take her to school? But I'm a working single parent, so I'm sorry to say <laughs> you will have to take the bus home, Wheelings said. <laughs> Oh, put you sorry, that shouldn't be funny, but it is. I put you in the safe hands of Wheels Fall Off Co. <laughs> <laughs> That's not great. It's really bad. Uh, yeah, we have barely any wheel falling off related fatalities for our buses. Most kids come home safe. The vast majority of children who travel on our buses <laughs> come home alive. Nearly every single bus returns to the depot with the same number of wheels that it left with. What about the what about the three wheels that stayed on, or however many wheels minus one a bus yeah, has? They don't count. It seems like you know? it's an <laughs> inscrutable mystery to you how many wheels are on a bus. Is I think the picture I have. Okay, is it more than four? I'm on the it's... internet. I'm complaining about having amphantasia, Ben. I can't close my eyes and just spin a bus in my head, <laughs> like oh, the damn. fucking meme tweet. The standard American yellow school bus that you picture, to my mind, has six wheels, which is what? one single pair of wheels at the front, the front and then yeah. a set Doubles of double wheels, double tires so, at the back. So what about the five wheels that came back, all right? That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Before if you one of the back wheels falls off, you're probably fine. Yeah. When you front wheels, you might be in strife. I, I just think some of these parents are being like uh, real glass sixth empty. Kind of people, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Like, Still what about all, what the, about all the times the bus's wheels didn't fall off? You know, mm. it's mostly wheels down that. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, school district officials told WJXT that they quote share the concerns of parents in the community about this problem, and that they were all they all had a finger inside their collar and were tugging Ooh. it outwards while they said this. The bus contractor told the station that both situations involved isolated maintenance issues. And that they're emphasizing required maintenance checks prior to daily student pickup. That's the tire kicking. Not like crazy isolated, though. You know, in the yeah. same week, same bus company, you know, same issue. Yeah. Since related. Really not isolated at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I like I, I gotta say, I do I do agree with some of the parents if their position is this is probably happening too much. You know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. More than you'd like it to. We'll yeah. stay on is sort of my goal. Ideally. Ideally. Um and plus, you know, I mean your kid uh, is on the bus and the wheel comes off one time and nothing happens to them and you go, phew, really dodged a bullet there. Hmm. Uh, wheel comes off a second time and yet no harm comes to your kid. At that point, you're thinking, surely it's only a matter of time. Surely these wheels flying off are some kind of omen of things to come. There it hmm. is. You shall see hail fall from a clear sky and burn as fire upon the ground. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. And you shall know that God is God and bow down to his will. The Omen's importance for this week. From CNN, 18-year-old survives lightning strike on first day of college. (laughs) Tap out. Go do something else. (laughs) Take an apprenticeship. Maybe have a gap year. Like, it's not for you. Start a saloon. Yeah. I I personally think uh, God is directly intervening to tell you not to take on those student loans. Yeah. Unless Joe Brandon just decides to forgive them. Yeah. Yeah. You see, it's Dark Brandon now. It's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. (sighs) Dark Brandon. He's zapping people with his laser eyes. I mean, like... It is kind of cool, but also I get I get a little, ooh, a little chill down my spine when I see him because he's dark. He's a little scary. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, if I'm looking at it on my phone and my kids try to see what it is, I turn the phone away. Yeah. How are you going to explain Joe Biden to your children? That's <laughs> how am I going to explain why I'm calling this guy Dark Brandon? <laughs> why are you calling that extremely old man with several wisps of white hair on his egg-shaped head Dark Brandon? A freshman at the University of West Florida was walking to class on her first day of school when she got struck by lightning. Zap. Luckily, she survived. Quote, A lot of doctors told me I should buy a lottery ticket because I was lucky, said 18-year-old Emma Egler. What the fuck does that mean? You know how uh, those, those scientists down at the hospital? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they really got a good grasp on probability, but it's probably yeah. why, they're, why they're doctors. You don't, not... Well, is it a is it a probability related thing, or is it like a you're lucky that the lightning didn't kill you? Well, yeah, but I'd say everyone else at the University of West Florida is more lucky because none of them got struck by yeah. lightning. You, mm. You're probably the least mm. lucky person at the University of West Florida. Never buy a lottery ticket <laughs> in your life. I think throwing uh, your money away. <laughs> Yeah, it'll turn into a monkey's paw situation for you, for sure. Hmm. But, yeah. uh, you know, I also think um, if the implication is you were lucky to be struck by lightning and not die, then I would argue that you have used up a very good that's- chunk of the luck that has been apportioned to you in this lifetime. Absolutely. That's, that's also what I'm thinking, right? Like, why are you going to buy a fucking lock- lottery ticket? Luck. You should have bought a lottery yeah. ticket instead of getting struck by lightning. Mm. Maybe yeah. you wouldn't have gone to college. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's right. Perfect. You just you, be one of those guys who, or or ladies who threw out all their money, like holding demolition derbies in their front yard. You're saying that non-binary people don't waste their millions? 
I would, yeah. I would be like the one person that doesn't go mad from Lottery Millions. I'd spend it so coolly, but so calmly. I'm sure you would. No, you would, though. <laughs> I'd invest. Like, you guys would stay in the same house. <laughs> you would get your garage redone, I think, but with the same plans that you had originally had yeah. for getting the garage kinda, redone. Yeah, you don't want to put airs on it because, oh, now I'm worth $17 million. Yeah. I think, I think though, like, surely it depends on whether you're talking like, yeah, I won $5 million in the lottery or I won like the, the the Powerball Mega Millions. Like, you know, the American ones where it's like somebody won the $300 million jackpot. Mm. How about the guy that uh, won $1.6 billion? What? For real. Yeah. Is that Is what that they're real? doing now? Yeah, it's real. Uh, it's... Wait, man. What the... What? Well, you got to uh, imagine it probably, yeah. I mean, it just increases linearly with the amount of people in the lottery, right? So if we're giving away 20 million or 30 million or something in Australia, it's got to be mega bucks over there. Well, yeah, but they also started doing this thing. I and I I'm not a <clears throat> not a not a gambler, not a lotto person or anything. So please forgive me if this has actually been taking place for like fucking decades or anything. But um it I think within the last sort of I don't know five years, five to ten years, they now have a thing where you from Australia can buy tickets in, like, American lotteries. Oh. Yeah, we've, we've spoken about it on the podcast before where it's actually, like, you're not physically buying a ticket in it because that's illegal. It's like a weird insurance thing where you are gambling against the odds of the result being the number that you have selected as well, and then it's paid out by the Australian company. Uh-huh. Which I that's think cool. is... I th- I think it's similar to how like um how there's there's like apps and stuff where you can buy shares for companies on the American stock market, um and uh, the same thing for the Australian stock market as well where you know you're not you're not setting yourself up as like a sole trader and buying those shares you're running it through a third party which is whoever runs this app like the American Robinhood type thing you know hmm. um and so. You buy your shares and you see your little ticker go up and down and everything, but you're not actually doing that. You're contributing money that goes into a massive investment fund that is managed by some company that then buys those shares and and sort of says, hey, we've got a little handshake agreement that those shares belong to you. I don't get uh, it. I don't get it. But then you don't actually buy them, much like buying an American lottery ticket. But I do wonder, does that contribute to these jackpots just getting like bigger and bigger and bigger that there's like people from other countries also buying into American mega lotto things, you know? No, that money doesn't go into the pool. Or do they just peg <laughs> other lotteries against the US log- lottery because it's so stable? Mm, they've got all those lottery tickets <laughs> yeah. at Fort yeah. Knox, so that that makes sense. <laughs> Look, I, th- I think we could all <laughs> agree. <laughs> Fort Knox, yeah. I've hit the jackpot, maybe, if any of these lottery <laughs> tickets come up in this week's jackpot. Uh... I think we can all agree that this girl simply should have chosen to win $200 million instead yeah, of choosing absolutely. to be yeah. struck by lightning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's basically pretty stupid for that. Hey, uh, nice name, Emma Egler. hey And also, congratulations on getting electrocuted. <laughs> very, uh, very name that Stan Lee would have given a character in 1962 mm-hmm. before revealing later on that she was the villain, the Eggster, you know? Yeah. Emma Egler, who got her powers from being struck by lightning on her first day of college. (laughs) 
Uh, she was walking to class when she was struck by lightning. She collapsed on the sidewalk after the lightning hit her in the chest. Yeah. That sounds right. Oh, Christ alive. Yeah. That is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, that's hell. Although, hear me out here, Theo. She says, I didn't feel anything at all, really. I just woke up on the ground. So oh, that it, actually that's rules. Nap. Yeah, bonus nap. Yep. Plus, she's also Samuel L. Jackson from Unbreakable. So hmm. I woke up feeling very well rested. Use that as you will. Uh, the electricity traveled down the left side of her body, and her watch exploded and burned her wrist. Oh. It went down to her foot, putting a hole in her sock and one in her sneaker. <laughs> oh, Jesus. my goodness. UWF senior Nelson Libet and others ran over to Egler, put her on a bench and called 911. Libet started talking to her to calm her down. Quote, I would be freaking out over this, but you, you're so strong. You're a strong freshman, said Libet. <laughs> Why do Americans speak what like this? With Americans. <laughs> Why are they like this? Oh, you're a strong freshman. You're which a is strong a- freshman, fresher. You're the freshest fresher I've ever seen, freshman. You're, gonna you're get not through as good as a freshman. sophomore or whatever that is. like me. You're not a senior or whatever the other ones are, but you're a good freshman. God damn. <laughs> Fucking freaks. Fucked up. She was taken to a hospital where doctors told her parents she was lucky the bolts didn't stop her heart. And then yeah, I, yeah. Assume, I assume they wrote a prescription for like five lottery tickets or whatever. <laughs> uh, Egla has been released from hospital and has regained movement in her legs. She is expected to return to classes next week. Well, that's Don't do up. it. No, I'd take what? more time. Yeah. You know, like I'd five take years. Go like, to, you know what? Not for me. Go to South America. Backpack around South America instead yeah. of starting find at find yourself. West Florida College or whatever the fuck you're at. God damn. Um, I know I've uh, I know I've missed a few episodes recently because I've been traveling around and here and there. Uh, but speaking of, speaking <laughs> of instant naps, speaking of instant naps, was I on? Uh, did I did I tell the story of my of my visit to the dentist last week? <laughs> no, no, you haven't yet. <laughs> so this is I'm going to say it up front. This is the most Andrew thing to ever happen. Um, and I'm going to lay out two tenets that we somehow missed from the uh, from the intro of Andrew's character. One, he has no sense of linear time, yep, um, and how it applies, especially to schedules, podcasts. time zones, podcasts, etc. And yep. two, the man loves to take drugs. Hmm. Keep that yeah. in your mind as Andrew tells this story. <laughs> so, uh, I I have probably mentioned at some point of doing this show that I do not care to visit the dentist. Uh, it is scary to me. It's very, mm-hmm. very scary. Uh, I, I, over the years, it's gotten worse. So I've like put it off more and more. I get very panicky. So, you know, maybe last year, I, re- I really have to go to the dentist. But I was also like, this is going to fuck so bad. I'm, I'm very, I'm having a bad time. And uh, my, my wife was like, why don't you take one of the Valiums that I have in the cupboard uh, for anxiety-related reasons? And I said, you can't do that. That's That's illegal. illegal. Um, and I, and I like Googled cause I was like, oh, would, is there any potential for complications? I'm Googling this shit and Americans are all like, uh, yeah, my doctor just like shot me full of heroin before putting me in the chair. They're <laughs> like, they will prescribe anything to you. Um, uh, so I took it and that, that got me through going to the dentist. And so I mentioned to my dentist afterwards, I said, Hey, look, uh, I have a really bad time coming in here and 
and doing this stuff. And he was like, oh, strange, you seem very calm. And I was like, <laughs> there is a reason for that. And I said, I know you're not supposed to do it, but I've taken some of my wife's Valium to get myself in here. And he said, oh, well, I can just write you a script, give you a single Valium, you know, and then you take that before the next procedure. And then after that one, I can prescribe you one for the next thing. And I said, cool. And so I did that. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of my teeth started uh, hurting very, very badly. Like... Like, real, real bad. Like, couldn't sleep at night kind of bad, right? So I was having a very, very poor time. Uh, it took me a day or two to, to be able to get into the dentist. And I went in there and he said, All right, if we want to save that bad boy, well, you've got to do a root canal, three appointments. Woo! And I had, I had had this Valium and gone in there. But due to the amount of pain and the general days I was in, I had forgotten to ask for the other prescription. We... So... Then I'm like, now I've got to go in and get another root canal, but I haven't sorted this shit out. I phone the dentist, say, hey, I, kinda, I was wondering about getting this script and stuff. And they go, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll get him to write a script for you. You just come in and pick it up. And I go, great. Come in and pick up the script. And he has given me a box of 50 Valiums <laughs> with, with the prescription to take four of them before coming in to the dentist. Jesus. He, at this point, he just wants to be operating on a dead body. Yeah. Well, Wouldn't that just knock you out? If he got his druthers. How would you describe to... the conversations you've had with him? Like, do you guys seem to have a rapport or... <laughs> <laughs> He's very handsome. I'll say that. Um, but, like, uh, my, my suspicion is because I had to, like, phone up and go down there and they had to, like, get him to do a thing. I wonder if he was just like, I'm not doing this every time this dude comes in. Bam! Lay the shit on it. Just drag that guy up. So he, so he prescribes me 20 milligrams of Valium to come in and get this root canal done. Also, it's fucked up. Doctors are not... Uh, sorry, dentists are not doctors of the body. They're not like doctors of the central nervous system. Let me ask you your teeth are in your one body. question. Yeah, where do you think the mouth is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they like may not be equipped to be I th- fully I'd- grappling with the effects of giving... Andrew Law, a box of 50. <laughs> I did not know they had the power to dispense psychoactive medication. That is new to me. They'd, I've had them give me like two. They were like, take these next time. I didn't know yeah, they could right. just give you a box of 50. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to do that either, but it was a pleasant surprise. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I was feeling poorly around the time of my second appointment. I pushed it out by a week. And um, so on the day... You know, wait until half an hour beforehand. I down a handful of these bad boys. Elna drives me in, uh, drops me off next to the dentist. I, like, walk in there very slowly uh, and walk to the counter and go, I am here for my appointment. And the lady (laughs) looks at the thing and says, your appointment is tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, oh, no. Goodbye. And I turned around and just like shuffled out of the door. Floated through the open doors. Just back out into the shopping center that this this dentist is in. I call Elder and I'm like, I'm not meant to be here today. I made a whittle mistake. (laughs) She'd gone off to pick a few things up from Bunnings and she's like, oh, should I come back now and get in? I'm like, no, no, do whatever and I'll just... I'll just move around the mall really slow for a while. I'll go play with the the foot imager at Athlete's Foot for a while. 
I think I went in. I was walking past a like I was walking past a jeweler, and they had this like model of watch I'd been looking at, and I just kind of <laughs> glided in there. <laughs> the lady's like, "Oh, you're looking at a thing," and I said, "I've seen that one on the internet." <laughs> and she, <laughs> and she, uh, and she like pulled it out, and I, I put it on, and I was like, "That's nice." And I okay, just gave bye it back bye. to her and walked out of the store. Just Have a good around. day, lady. <laughs> So, uh, so you know, El- Elna comes back to the mall and finds me, and um, and she's like, "Okay, let's go home." She turns around and walks off, and like turns back a second later. I'm like twenty meters behind her. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I go back home, sit down on the couch. You know, the the appointment was at like midday. I go back home, sit on the couch, and then I like I blinked, and then I woke up, and it was like six p.m. I was gonna say you fucked your whole day up. Yeah, I really <laughs> did, man. Gone. I did because, like, I that. I had said in the morning. I was, I'd said in the morning, like at work. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be like out for a chunk of the afternoon because I got to go to this dentist appointment." And then I fucking put myself in a coma for the second half of the day. And the appointment was just the next day. I had to do it again the next day. Luckily, I had a big box of Valium, and I could just just take a bunch more. Relax. And okay. and that was that was twice as much volume as the previous time I had been into the dentist. Right, was what the the dentist was recommending I take, and um and that appointment was was great. I'm pretty sure I might have fallen asleep in the chair a couple of times because I I think I did the thing, I think I did the thing where you go, you know, because <laughs> I remember them going, "Are you okay? Is everything all right?" And I'm like, "Everything's very fine." Strangely, I don't feel anxious about this at so all. so good. You should rip more. Rip my teeth out. Go nuts in there. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I'm, yeah, I got to keep going back and get all my shit fixed up. Spent, spent so many years doing the bare minimum, and it always just comes back very badly later on. When at some point, like, just a quarter of your tooth falls off, you know? Yeah. We I love our, our free healthcare here in Australia. Right? <sighs> If only there was a party in in Australia uh, pushing for there to be dentistry included in Medicare. Mm. Mm. But that's a podcast. Yeah, I I think that's a podcast. That's an episode of the Irreverent News and Current Events podcast, Punta Vista. And I take four Valium every time we record this. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. That's why our energy is part of the charm. Oh, man. Sometimes I listen to other podcasts and I'm like, whoa. I know, hey, like, slow, slow down, down, man. Slow down. Jesus. He's up there, Chief. He's up a little bit. It's not a race. <laughs> you got to run out of stuff to talk about. Take it easy, please. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've, we've thought about it before, you know, whether or not we will ever transition to being a, uh, a, a billion, billion the grunter type. <laughs> The grunter in the morning, you know, get that kind of energy where like, no matter what anybody's saying, everybody else is going. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to a a podcast the other day for the first time uh, where they had like in a a not very noticeable way, but enough that it was freaking me out and I couldn't figure out why for a little while. They had trimmed, I think I would say they had used Audacity's automatic trim silence feature Mm. to get rid of every single pause, which means that people, they did it so aggressively 
that people were responding to jokes before they could have possibly got them <laughs> with a like a quip with like building on it and riffing on it, where I was just like, oh, ch- uh, the whole time, like, oh, uh, calm spooked. down, just yeah, slow like, down a little bit. You can leave some breathing space in there. People do I, that when they just talk. Relax. Yeah, I think I, I've I've tried that before, Ben. Like one of those things where you go, oh, I'll well, just I'll trim out some of the the dead space because believe it Ooh. or not. When Ooh, we first shush. started doing this show, <laughs> and you're first no, trying to, when, yeah, when we first started, and like, you know, you just, we were all remote and we couldn't see each other, and you just, you're, you're figuring out your dynamic and stuff, and like, people, people don't want to jump in and talk over each other, and there'll just be like some significant gaps. You definitely, yeah. like, I spent a lot of time going through and like just tightening stuff up. But if you run, so, like you said, you run something automated over it, and like, there are times when people will pause for effect or yeah. like no sell a joke, you know? That's yeah, time like we... you can just be in your own head. You can have your own thoughts when we have those pauses. Yeah. Yeah, you that's the time gaps. for you. Hmm. Yep. I've tried I think I put out one episode where I used the automatic trim silences thing on it and it like it was just slightly too it's too much. And also, like, our favourite running joke on this, I think, is for no one to laugh at someone's joke on yeah. purpose, yeah. so they just yeah, leave right. it for like a good seven seconds. It's I don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> no. We can't be tightening that up to six seconds. No, God, no. We would lose <laughs> no way. the magic of Bunta Vista. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, uh, I, I was driving um, back from Melbourne yesterday in the car by myself, and I, I listened to when uh, me and Ben and Lucy went on Howl Daugherty's Fast Track. Oh, yeah. And I, I listened back to that episode. Um, of that thing and, and Hal, Hal was talking about it. he was like oh you know I just really love really love how relaxed your podcast <laughs> is it sounds like you, it sounds like you're all under a blanket you know <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. we are we said we are currently as blanket. excited as we've ever been <laughs> it's just what we sound like damn well that's it everybody uh, thank you. If you personally have a ranking of animals and the order in which you would like to see them killed, send it into <laughs> mailbag at buntavista.com. And, uh, you know, depending on the contents of the email, we will or will not report you to the police. That's right. Mm-hmm. Roll the dice. Yep. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.